When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meat Show, according to Asher Elias. The Meat Show. We are The Meat Show now. Not The Meta Show anymore. We're The Meat Show. I mean, that makes sense that the, between the two of us, there's a lot of meat on this show. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Today is January the 20th, 2024. One year away. One year away from Inauguration Day, and that's awful. Uh, Mark, are you muted? Did you mess yourself up? I can't hear you. Let me see if I fucked it up on my side. Oh, You're my fucked God. Up on my side. Because oh my god oh lord help this is it i'm just so no the answer the answer to your question was no i was not muted i was He's in fact un, totally i was un, unmuted there was no muting as, happening as it were uh-huh it didn't happen ladies and gentlemen <sighs> we have missed you guys for the last two weeks i am sorry uh it has been crazy around this place poor marky mark has had the vid oh my god he's been down with it I had, so it's even worse than that. So I had COVID at the beginning of the year, which I picked up from a New Year's party What I, I went to. It was a great party, by the way. Uh, it was a bunch of 30-somethings who thought for one night that we could be 20-somethings. It was a mistake. Uh, we cannot. We are we are past our prime in that respect. Uh, and then I got home, felt like shit the next week because I had COVID. Came out of it, immediately afterwards had a sinus infection. Uh like the very next week. So the last two weeks I have felt like I was going to die. I thought I was like, I, I mean, there was just so much, just so much, you know, it was not good, but I feel great so, today. feel great. Said, well, I'm glad you're feeling great. We're back. Thank you. It's, it's, it's January. It's the end of January. We've got a month of stuff to talk about. We have not been here for a while. And last week, the reason why we weren't here, we would have been back last week, but for one of the biggest Eve meets of the year, which just happens to be the one that I host, mm. which is the the DC meet. So I want to just give you guys some pictures. This is from our, we, we had some, we had some fun in DC. We spent a lot of time hanging out together, random goons hanging out in DC. Here we go. My mic is louder. Now we have people going to places, going to the Capitol, Sadus and me. There's a whole crew. Mind Wan, Betty Rage, Merkel Chen, Ragnar at a museum. Now I'm a little disappointed, and I hope you don't mind my saying so. You can when say you whatever you like. When you say I'm hosting this thing, I assumed you're hosting it at Casa Rubal. No, this no, no, looks no, no, like no, just kind of no. out and about. No, this is we go think, we go to fun places. I can't think not, of a I cannot think of a more fun place. Than, than the inner sanctum of the Rubal clan. Like, go. is there is there anything more intimate than that? 
It, it would be intimate. Here's the problem. There were 160 of you people mm. at the DC meet this year. I have to say, we blew the numbers out of the water compared to what we have done in the past. This was the final Saturday dinner. We had 160 people from all around the world attend the DC meet. It has become, I think, probably one of the largest of the of the Eve meets that we do every year. It may not be as big as Vegas. It may not be as big as London, but it's pretty big. And so I hope that next year you guys can all come hang out with us. We always have a pretty good time when we're doing the meet in D.C. So that's why we didn't do the show last week. But, man, I'll tell you, it has been a couple of weeks since we started, the since we did the show, and it has been a hell of a lot of news coming out of EVE Online for us to talk about. Now, I have a question. Mark, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with NullSec stuff? Do you mm. want to start with the, the, I guess, last year it was the producer's letter. This year it's the director's letter. The director's letter. letter, yeah. I don't know do you want to talk, ever... start with the CCP stuff and then move into the fun we NullSec get, stuff? What do you want to let's, do? Let's start with the, the CCP stuff is extremely dull. And I don't mean that as a knock on CCP. Well, I, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> it is a little bit of a knock on CCP. Let's start with the, with, let's start with the letter. I, I want to preface right, this so here by we go. saying I want to preface. Let me let me let me do the okay, let me do the button go push. We're gonna yeah, do yeah, we're gonna good. do piercing the corporate veil, our segment that deals with CCP stuff, and we're gonna go into the 2024 director's letter. All right, on January 19th, that's yesterday. The director's letter for 2024 came out, and it has a bunch of stuff in it. In addition to the annual backslapping and and patting themselves on the back that we always see, which I think is probably not a bad thing when you are mm. reminding people that you promised them stuff and that you delivered. You should tell them that you delivered. See all the delivers here. They delivered all of this stuff to us last year. So they're bringing it out and reminding us what they're doing. And then they talked a little bit, just a little bit, about what they're going to do next yeah. year. Mark. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's nothing, man. It's not to say that that's they're not doing not, they're not doing anything. They're they're working on a ton of stuff right now. Um this is maybe since I've um since I I have been on the CSM uh we we've spent a lot of time working on uh, the stuff for Uprising and the stuff then for Havoc um, and the the handful of things in Ver Viridian. So they've all been very like low sec focused, faction warfare focused, like militia adjacent. And then there was the Zarzak nonsense. And that's all like, that's been kind of the, the, the primary, um, you know, point of attack this entire time. And so a lot of, a lot of what the rest of us have been doing who have not been low seckers, which is to say everybody except for um, uh, Arcea last year uh, have just been, you know, giving uh, as much um, insight as we can and giving as much, um, you know, advice when it comes to things, you know, when they were adding new ships or when they were, you know, changing little mechanics here and there. This is the first time, at least since I've been on the CSM, where it feels like they are changing focuses, not away necessarily from the mechanics that they've introduced within uh, Uprising, within Havoc, but to 
um, just kind of broadening their horizons. They've been very, very focused specifically over the last year and a half, two years. Um, and now it really does feel like they are kind of, you know, not turning away from it, but just kind of like, um, you know, not pulling back some to address some other larger issues. So they talk about Nolsec a lot in this letter. They do. And I they think do. that has started a little bit of speculation amongst our community, at least the Nolsec yeah. community, about what exactly they mean by this. Yeah, I. this is something I, I'm going to say ahead of time. I think that this is something worth being excited about. Um, I, I mean, there's obviously nothing I can say concrete about what, what is coming um, or what they're working on or even what they are they are telling us they would like to do i mean those are all things and there's there's a, there's a i mean you know just as well as anybody else too there's a wide gulf between what uh ccp says they want to do and what ccp does right and or, or there, there, so much there's so much room for variation in there um based on how much time they have and the teams that are involved and everything else so even if i were to try and speculate here myself that would be useless right because there's, well, and in there's, addition you speculating is always not a great thing because you're on the CSM, so you're going to know this stuff. I, on the other hand, am retired from the CSM, so I can speculate the hell out of everything, and that's that what I'm going to do right now. So here we go. Please. This paragraph I thought was important, especially because they link it right above a SOV map of NullSec. Yeah, they do. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty, I mean, it's pretty unambiguous. Uh, so I'm kind of, you, know, you can connect yeah. the dots here and you can tell exactly what they're doing. So. It says, in the lead up to the summer expansion, a new era will begin to unfold in New Eden, details of which will start to be revealed in-game shortly. What we can say, they can say anything they want, but they're not going to. What we can say is exciting new technology and resources will give players the opportunity to build and customize their space in NullSec, creating new conflict drivers and objectives. Bold and lucrative opportunities will arise for established corporations and alliances, but also for small opportunists that can attack vulnerable areas to gain resources. One thing is certain, the value of owning and defending space is set to rise. Now, if you could take a paragraph and say absolutely nothing, yeah. while at the same time using all the words that are going to scare the living shit out of everyone in NullSec, they did it with this paragraph. Congratulations. It is to so funny. I, Berger I, I have for this routinely paragraph. in my life been fairly criticized for my almost innate ability to say a lot without saying anything. I don't know how it happens. Just it just flows. Uh they might have one upped me with this letter. Just in it's general. pretty solid. They're just so much, and you can solid. call it corporate speak or you know, whatever, but um, you know, it, it, here's, here's something that you need, like, here's what this says to me, just reading at it. And, and mm -hmm. this is, this should not be, uh, this should not be strange to anybody who's ever seen one of these letters before. What this is saying is over the last couple of years, they have worked to develop new tools that let them do things in EVE Online, the sandbox that they weren't able to do before, either because the tools they had were outdated or the mechanics were all fucked up or whatever, Right. That we know at least is true. We know that all the time they spent working on the new player stuff was so they could create new tools. All the stuff they've been spending now on Havoc and Uprising uh, all came, you know, with the benefit of having new tools that they could use to build new environments and new dungeons and new AIs and all this, all this other stuff. They've been doing all of this stuff, and we've seen like none of that is 
this isn't a look behind the you know, the curtain or anything. We've seen all of these things come into motion. All this looks like to me is they're saying, okay, so we've done all of this work over the last couple of years to get us to the point where now we are going to turn our focus slightly towards the most populous, most, um, how do you even say it? The most player focused part of the game currently which is null it, it is I mean, it the is best the part same. of the game you can just say the best part of the game i certainly never i would certainly never say that it is the sandbox within the sandbox right null sec okay. is right. if you want to go out and plant a flag somewhere and develop your empire your space empire you do it in null sec right so uh this all to me says that we are now focusing on null sec we are we are taking the tools that we have developed we are going to be looking at null sec and, and seeing what we can get out of um you know this space with the the new stuff we've built that doesn't say anything about what that is or what that's going to look like it says nothing useful but at least if nothing else it says we've done this thing we feel now we're in the place where we can go talk about null sec because the thing too that people need to realize is that going into like a null sec vamp right i don't Mm -hmm. even want to say a revamp just a vamp in general it's a a vamp because we haven't we haven't had a vamp in a while Exactly. A null sec vamp without the necessary tools on hand to get it done would piss off so many people. So many people. Like, this is the one thing where if you half-ass it, everybody knows, right? Pochvin got away with being half-assed, sort of, because not that many people play in Pochvin. And that's not a knock to the Pochvinites. Um, I I love you desperately, my, my sweet, sweet babies. But they're just not as many of you as there are in NullSec. That's just the way it is, right? So if they do NullSec stuff, they have to do it correctly. Because if they don't do it correctly, people are going to fucking leave, right? I mean, they've seen it happen before with Blackout. They saw it happen before with Scarcity. It continues to happen now with Scarcity. They've done a lot of things right in LowSec with the new expansions using all these new tools they've built. And they now have to address null sec they need to address null sec they need to do it right whether they will do it right or not that remains to be seen but we need a lot more information than we get from one paragraph in a fucking director letter now let me unpack some of this stuff for you people because that's what i do first of all one unloading rss it smells like they're pulling faction warfare mechanics into null yes it does doesn't it that's exactly what it smells like uh are they going to remove the bullshit ess text no I don't see that ever happening. If anything, they're going to enhance the ESS, I would say. What it sounds to me like, and we know, we've we've heard this before, we've talked, that was talked about at previous fan fests, that there was a desire for the ability to more customize your space in NullSec. Yeah. Okay? That was something that had been talked about multiple times. Rattati has mentioned it on multiple streams, that, that this was a, a thing that they wanted to do that this was something where you they would allow you they would they create all kinds of different things with the iHub with the iHub guys I am not in government anymore it's been a while I'm not I have He's government I have adjacent. been but I'm not anymore I, I just wear a suit on the string okay uh, that's it it's been a while it's been almost 10 years since I got out of office anyway the bottom line is what I think they're talking about here again is some of this is is the iHub upgrades that they had been talking about a couple of years ago they're finally going to work for it. 
And that I think I'm fine with. That's good because some of those things we talked about was setting it up so certain areas would be based on ratting, certain areas would be based on mining, certain areas would be based on different things like, you know, wormhole mechanics and stuff like that, meaning like spawn a bunch of wormholes in a system so you can get connections to places and things like that. There was all kinds of talk about that. They never, they never, it never really went anywhere because it always got put on the back burner because they decided to work on faction warfare next. But now they have all this time to do it. And Atrium is 100% correct. I guarantee you, because I'm not there to stop it, there will be Ansiblex touching happening now, in whatever it is that they do in Nelson. That you don't trust our good friends in Angry Mustache, in Kazanir, in Dark Shines to protect the humble Ansiblex gate? Briss. I think. It's going to get screwed. Oh, wow. There's going to be bad things happening with the Ansiblexes, and they I'm will be gonna, different than they are now. I'm Hopefully they will be different in a good way, not in a bad way, but I'm not there, so I'm going to be skeptical. Brutal. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Now, what else did they talk about in the director's letter? Let's go on. We're going to keep going here. We're going to go down. Please. Next up, they talk about the power of identity. Now, this, this is big. Yeah. At least it's big for guys like me who are skin whores and guys like Mark who've been desperately begging for new yeah. skins for their Zenitra. Now you can make them yourself. So what are they announcing? This year we'll see a big leap forward for personal expression and identity. With the introduction of Skinner in the Viridian expansion, Capsuleer's got the ability to customize upwell structures. The summer expansions expends, extend Skinner's capabilities to ships. We are taking Skinner to dizzying new heights with ship customization through the design of custom skins with an array of patterns, designs, and a broad spectrum of colors. The creative options are vast, and Capsuleers will be able to design and manufacture skins to personalize their own ships and entire fleets or sell them to generate new income streams, further adding individuality, identity, and agency in New Eden. This is fucking awesome, okay? This is fucking awesome. Because for the longest time, we have been complaining. At least I've been complaining. We need more skins. We need more skins. We mean different kinds of skins. I love colorful skins. Some people don't like colorful skins. I got into a big argument on the Evo forums with somebody who was who was saying that the colorful they, skins suck. This wrong. is a dystopian, horrible universe. They should be all black and gray. Black okay, green. dude. Yeah. You can make yours now. But the whole point is we're finally getting to do this kind of customization which almost every other game does like every other game you can completely customize your characters now they're finally finally going to let you do that here now some people don't find skins interesting i do some people don't like the idea of anything other than a default skin because they are poor that's okay you don't have to wear them but for those of us who do those of us who are demanding more Tambor style skins in the game. Now we're going to have the tools to make them ourselves. And it creates a new thing for people to do. They can buy stuff, sell stuff. It's going to be great. You're going to finally have folks being able to put stuff together. You can have an entire fleet of everybody wearing the same thing. Now, how does this implement? That's going to be the question. Because I'll tell you this right now. I am not at all going to be surprised if all of this shit is not gate locked behind Evermarks and you're going to have to use the Evermarks for these things. Because otherwise, I don't know. This, this, as much as I like this, 
this is running straight up against one of CCP's main monetization methods, which is selling skins for Plex. So Froggy says, my bet is Plex to play. I can see that. And I think it would, I mean, it, it could be locked behind Plex. I think it should, it should be because this is otherwise going to be taking money out of their pocket. But I could also see them going the, the Evermark route because that's what they did with structure skins. And I don't know. By the way, can I have a question, Mark? Did they ever turn the loyalty point trading back on? No, they've not done so yet. It's been a month, hasn't it? It has been longer than a month. Okay. Uh, you should see my DMs right now, honestly, about that specifically. I have good? so many poor, poor, poor. My boy, my sweet, sweet child, my young son, young puke, constantly in my DMs. Mark, please tell me. Tell me something. Tell me something, some positive news that they're going to bring back LP trading. I am still confident that at some point in the future, they will bring back LP trading. What that looks like or when it happens or what new stipulations they're going to put on it, I don't know. Uh, I just, they've said a lot about, oh, we're, you know, we're dedicated to making sure that low set groups can find ways to bring to profitability. But like, then they just didn't do it. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, do, I do not know. Don't know. Now, I don't know. that was just an aside because I just thought it was funny because we're talking about Evermarks and they still haven't turned it back on. Hey, guys, turn the fucking trading back on. Okay, thanks. Yeah. It does not take a month to create a system to track LP trading. Yeah, no shit. All right. I, I'll tell you something, too, about this. Um, I I have been maybe among the more vocal members of the CSM the last few years about how dumb I think the rollout of Evermarks was. I don't mind them in theory, but how limited they are and what you can get and how you get them and the inability for groups to like be able to move them around is so fucking stupid. It's so dumb. Like it would be so much well, easier to just here give is, us just lock here in is something that I think is coming. Okay. Yeah. And that'll be Evermark stuff. We're going to get into this because it's the next section. Home is where the corp is. This is the next section. They're, they're not, this is another exquisite paragraph of saying a lot without saying anything mm. in the grand tapestry of new eden where the expansive space offers limitless possibilities the concept of quote home home holds a special place home home your home your home is the essence of belonging collaboration and collective home. achievements within the corporations that form the backbone of the eve universe corporation projects introduced in viridian have played a crucial role in strengthening the bond between organizations and their members at the helm are the corporation leaders and project managers the visionaries and strategists who become architects of experience and will continue to expand on the reward types in 2024 to further fit their needs and yours let me tell you something okay i was a big fan. I was a big pusher of the whole concept of corp missions, corp projects, all that stuff in Viridian. Mm -hmm. I was excited for it. And the wind was taken out of my sails because when it launched, it did not have a way to pay people for what they did in the game. True. And the result is I am a director of one of the largest corporations in EVE Online, Karma Fleet. I think we used the corporation projects maybe for a couple weeks when it first came out, and I don't think we've touched it since. Yeah. And I worry that that's how it's been for a lot of the other big groups. We just do all of our stuff the way we've always done it, and we haven't been taking advantage of the in-game in methods 
And Atrium says they used to buy fuel blocks from Court Martin. That's probably a good thing to use. But that's it. And that's it. And well, Atrium is CEO of one of the oldest corps in the game. So when it comes down to it, like, I just, I don't know how much these corporation projects are being used, especially by the big groups. Maybe they're being used a ton by the smaller groups. I'm not aware of it. But I can tell you from my experience, we've not been using it. Have you guys been using it, Mark? In in limited fashion. Part of the problem is um, projects are corp. Uh, they're like they're only corp. You can only use them as corps right now. Uh, where a lot of groups, mine included, and I, I know certainly yours, um, handle things at the alliance level. So, like, right. if you wanted to do a an alliance level buyback of whatever, what you need to do now is have every single corp in goons go through and create their own individual uh, buyback program. Which is why we don't do that. Right. Which is just a pain in the ass. Like, there's no need, like, if you could, if you could get it in such a way where all of these things, like, but, but that would, in, that would include them needing to implement an alliance hanger or an alliance level um, uh, hanger for, you know, people who have certain roles within the alliance. Right. But the problem is alliances, I think people uh, overestimate how, uh, 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 much um, alliances exist within reality, right? Because alliances are really just groups of of corpse. They have no. There's nothing. There's there's they're very. Uh, it's just like the a list of corpse and then the logo and that's it, right? There are no alliance roles. There are no alliance directors. There are no alliance um, positions. There are no alliance hangers. There's nothing. You have a list of corp names. It's just a standings thing, and then a logo, and that's it, right? So, if for them to to implement a higher level corp projects thing, they need to do all of that stuff first too. Give us alliance hangers. Give us alliance roles. Like I, I should be able to name other directors. Ten thousand percent agree. Yeah, I should be able to name other directors in my corp or in my alliance as alliance level directors. It doesn't make any sense for that. The only person who can make changes to like corp stand or alliance level standings are characters in the the holding corp. executive corp that's it right and that's it you know what i mean so anyway yeah i yeah i got strong feelings about that one anyway so they go on to say in 2024 we'll expand the scope and impact of corporation projects with exciting improvements such as enabling corporations to create freelance tasks for non-members because i know we were just begging for that yeah and that'll become an essential avenue for recruitment. Actually, no, the main avenue for recruitment that we have is streams like this and Rampage and, and other yeah. things. That's how we get most of our people, just saying. Yeah. Anyway, it, yeah, great way for capsulers to build some confidence or simply earn some isk. How about maybe let us reward other things besides isk, like all of the freaking Evermarks we're sitting on. That would be great. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the long-term goal is to make corporation projects a cornerstone of corporate life, offering more diverse tasks, customizable goals, and a deeper connection to current events in the economy. Doing, I'm not. A, I don't have a problem with any of that. It's just, I wish that it all could have launched at the same time because yeah. when they launched, they launched corporation projects half completed. It took six months till they got the rest of it done. Well, now we can pay people out, but nobody's. We just didn't use them anymore, even though now we can pay people out, so we just don't use them. Now maybe this maybe if they leave. make some changes and, and everything that'll start maybe it's maybe this is just me being lazy and I need to go and figure out hey what kind of uh yeah. core projects should we do and yeah. let's set them up uh but at the end of the day this is something that I feel like is not getting a ton of attention now as above so below 
Mm. I appreciate the biblical reference. I guess not everybody does. Down here, I there's something that they mention in here. Yeah. That I want to talk. So this is talking about Vanguard, obviously, the FPS. Now, there's something that they said in this that I want to highlight because it it kind of it shook me a little bit when I saw this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We stand on the cusp of a thrilling new venture with the introduction of Eve Vanguard, your first person shooter module seamlessly integrated into the rich universe of Eve Online. Mm-hmm. Module. Let me highlight it. Module. Yeah. Okay. I have always been thinking that Vanguard was going to be a separate game, that Vanguard was going to be a new game, that this was going to be something that they were going to launch, they were going to sell it, and it was going to be the FPS, just like Dust 514 was the FPS. You buy the game, you play that, and that's it. Now, we were very excited when we saw that the stuff in Vanguard was going to have an impact on uh, New Eden because that was something that Dust 514 had promised and had allowed for a little while and that everybody was hoping that that this game would be something that was tied into the main game because that was the biggest issue that we all had. Why why is CCP making all these other games that aren't that are Eve Eve related but don't don't have an impact on New Eden? And they did that and they're doing that now. But calling this a module, that changes my entire perception of what Vanguard is and what this is going to be. This makes me feel like Vanguard is going to be less of a new game than it's going to be a massive walking in station style expansion for EVE Online, where if you have an Omega account and they've been advertising, if you want to get in on the Vanguard play, uh, play test, mm-hmm. you get, you know, buy your, buy your Omega. They're going to make this a module that just, it goes in, it goes straight into to, to EVE Online. And if you see the way that they've done these tests, where your Vanguard character or your account is tied directly to your main account with Eve, and it goes through the same launcher. That that's kind of crazy. This is this is a big deal, and I I'm kind of I'm both excited by it, but also I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, fascinated by how they're doing this because it sounds to me like this is not going to be a separate game. It's going to be part of Eve. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. They- They've been using that terminology for the last couple months at this point, I think, the module thing, which I I don't know about how I feel about that. What it means um, in the short term for EVE Online players is nothing, right? Like, right. as far as EVE Online players, people who, who pay for their Omegas currently, it means nothing. You are just getting a thing for free, right? Um, if you want to use it, great. If you don't, you don't have to. My bigger concern is for people who, um, who are, who are not Eve players, because in my mind, it is great for this game to appeal to Eve online players, but there are not that many Eve online players, not in the grand scheme, being able to open it up to a larger audience, even if that the appeal is limited, I still feel like has a lot of value and I don't know how you do that when you tell people, Hey, you need to pay $20 a month to one play half of a game because you're not going to be playing Eve online. If you're not an Eve online player, uh, unless they're trying to use that as a way to bring people into Eve online. But mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you too, people who are people who are appealed by shooters are not appealed by Eve online. That's just, I would say that's not maybe a rule, 
but a very a very firm hypothesis hypothesis people who like that kind of gameplay oftentimes do not like the kind of gameplay of eve online so you have to appeal to you have to have a way for people to get into one or the other or both it's great that they're offering it for free for eve online players i think that's awesome i'm glad they did that um i do think they need to be have some kind of standalone whatever they're going to have that they can just sell to one-time payment or maybe put in a battle pass if you absolutely need to you know suck the teat of that monetization on this thing but give a give players normal players a way to um you know get into this thing that does not re- require them to be playing eve online right if that makes sense and I mean, I and, and to, to just to be clear, I think a lot of Eve players like first-person shooters. I don't know a lot of people who are first-person shooter fans that like games like Eve. That's where the 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 thing is going to be. But I mean, in the in the end, it's a new game. It's an FPS. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. If it's if it becomes like a module where it's just part of Eve, then I think it opens up a lot of opportunities and they can take the technology and the things they did to create that and use them for maybe bringing back something like walking in stations or bringing yeah. back, you know, PI that lets you, you know, you can do stuff on the ground and things like that. I, there's a lot of opportunities there, which is exciting. I agree. So they ended up, they, they finished out the letter and I pulled it off the screen because there's not much else there. It's, it's really just, Hey, we're working. They gave us a roadmap that has two expansions on it and that's it. And then updates to havoc. That, that, I think, at some point, Mark, I think we probably need to, f- to find some low-sec people and bring them on the show. I had low-sec people on the show. I uh, have, what? I mean, I mean low-sec people that are doing the insurgencies and doing the yeah. Havoc content yeah. directly because there's been a lot of drama, a lot of complaints, in particular about multiboxing mm. that has been coming out of the, the faction warfare community about Havoc, and then there, was, there were changes made, uh, there was patch last week that made a bunch of changes that looked like they weren't supposed to be that big of a deal in terms of changes. It was just updates to the map and ways you can tell how things are going. But I've heard a lot of complaints about it. A lot of complaints. If you, if you guys watched our sister show, push to talk earlier today, you heard a lot of complaints about it and it's not botting. It's multi-boxing. It is people bitching about 10 guys with Ishtars coming in and run and doing all the insurgency stuff by themselves and yeah. and making it very difficult to deal with. So at some point, we probably need to do a show to talk about that because I'll be bluntly honest, I have not done a single thing in Faction Warfare since all of these expansions and I know nothing about it. So I would love to hear about it from the horse's mouth Some the other the inside, end, yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah. All right. Moving on. We're going to move on. We got a bunch of NullSec stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to go in chronological order to go through them. So the NullSec Power Hour is going to be... What's going on in NullSec? First things first. We didn't have a chance to talk about this. This was a little more than two weeks ago. We probably would have had Shines on the show to talk about this if we did the show two weeks ago. But I wanted to go over this because I think it has a, it has a potential big impact on the game now what is it so 
The Southeastern Agreement is ending February the 21st, 2024. Shines put a post up on Reddit, and not, this was not simply in it saying this. This was on behalf of all of the people who had signed the agreement. He says, 10 months ago, an agreement was drafted. The TLDR is the major blocks in EVE would avoid evicting people and taking space in the Southeast to give smaller alliances a chance to settle. For the most part, the rules were followed, which I think was a very politically astute statement because mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of complaints about the rules not being followed, especially in the beginning. But I guess they, since this had to be signed off by everybody, including the parties that were breaking the rules, they went ahead and just said that and just kind of put oil on the waters there, which is fine. Minor coalitions were created. Battles and capital escalations happened. However, despite the good opportunity it gave people, it was not a perfect trial run. Overall, the signatories have decided not to renew the agreement for a second year. So it ends at downtime on February the 21st. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is the map is going to look a lot different than it does right now. Let me pull the map up for you guys. I was going to do that and I forgot. So let me grab it. We had it there at the very beginning. Sort of. Yeah, I did. I did have it up when when CCP was doing their mm-hmm. thing. So here is the here is the map of New Eden right now. Obviously, you can see, and I'll scroll up to the top. You can see fraternity up north, horde in the drone regions, mm-hmm. um, and then so much space. The <laughs> so southeast. Much space. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, yeah. it's just crazy. Like the coalition map is pretty funny, but this is the southeast agreement area. Well, not all of it. I I, mm-hmm. I grabbed some. I grabbed. Stuff over here in Providence that isn't part of it, but it's this area here. Um, well, this area here. Okay. All right. You got a ton of little groups. You got a ton of groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got a ton of groups in the Southeast, and they're not going to be protected anymore by the Southeast Agreement, which basically said the big groups aren't going to come in and take all your space. So what is, what's going to happen? I don't know. Here is the coalition map right now. The only major area besides Fountain that is in it, who is technically neutral, but is Imperium adjacent. This is the only area of the game that had, that was not aligned with some specific major group, whether it's Pandafam, whether it's the Imperium. And we're in a bipolar world technically right now, although uh, the relationship between fraternity and, and Pandemic Horde and Pandemic Legion and NSC is weird because... They don't, they're not technically blue. They are neutral to each other, but they all hang out all the time. So we call them PandaFam, and and mm-hmm. obviously this is a, a thing that I think annoys them. But Fraternity and Pappy are still kind of different. Fraternity and PanFam are still kind of different. Mm-hmm. But in the end, if they're acting the same way and they're hanging out together and they're still doing things together, then we're going to treat them the same way, and that's essentially what's happening. So... What we've been seeing is the Southeast Agreement goes away. So what does that mean? I don't know. All I can tell you is that area is going to be open. If the big groups want to go down there and fight, they can. I don't. The Imperium's not going to take that space because we have no, we don't rent anymore. So there's no reason for us to do it. Panfam could take the space and turn it into rental areas, or some third party group could come out, like Fire did after the last war, and turn that into rental regions. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? I think this was inevitable. Um, I think it is. Listen, I want to be clear about two things. One, 
the existence of larger groups on the map doesn't necessarily bother me that much. I think it's always going to, it's inevitable, right? That's just how groups of people work. Uh, so this kind of weird pipe dream that everybody assumes uh, or everybody, uh, you know, dreams of where the entire map looks like the Southeast just is not ever going to be possible. It's just not the way it works, right? Um, that being said, however, uh, it is, um, I, I think it is important for there to not, like, it is important for those those small groups to have something to do, right? If if you want players to be in nullsec, not you have to come to the, like you have to agree, you have to eventually decide or accept rather that not everybody's going to want to play the block level kind of gameplay. People are right. going to want to go do their own. There needs to be a wilderness, in as much as it can be in Eve Online, that is outside of the purview of you know the big government, I guess. Now. The, the 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 southeastern agreement allowed that to happen and was great because of that it wasn't always awesome it sometimes had a lot of problems that's just the way these things go but it did allow groups those sizes to exist in a space and interact with each other in a space the idea that that space would then get like you know eaten up by anybody whether that's frat whether that's horde or their allies whether that's goons whether it's anybody is kind of disappointing right because that's just like there's so much empty space out there right now that is just it, there's just nothing going on except it has a, a somebody's flag in the top left hand corner and people feel like they can't move in there right if there was just a place for those people to be that was consistent that would be awesome okay they want to put their own flag down they want to do their own thing they don't want to have to worry about having to pay rental fees or whatever else, right? The fact that that's going away kind of sucks, and I wish it wasn't, but you know, I it is what it is. That is true. It's 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 it is unfortunate. Um, you know, I I had a lot of people who I knew personally who spent a lot of time in the southeast over the last couple of months doing fun things in the southeast. Um, you know, building their tiny little space empires, the whole nine yards. Um, but you know, that's all if that gets eaten up just by more rental space. That's going to suck pretty bad. I that think. is going to suck. I'm not yeah. going to like it. Yeah. All right. So pretty that's the Southeast agreement. Now, what else has been happening? Well, last year saw the end of the war in the North B2, B3 folded. Brave joins the Imperium and Pure Blind becomes completely wide open to whoever wants it. Same with Clown Ring and the rest of the space up north. This was what we expected was going to happen. We expected we were going to see Fraternity and those guys pushing into those areas. And we didn't see that. Why? Well, because on January 1st, on January 1st, Gobbins announced a new plan for Horde. The new plan was they were going to give up completely on pure blind and start moving into catch. Oh boy. Now, <laughs> so Dracaris lives in catch. They are an Imperium member. In addition, there were a number, uh, a number of other groups that also lived in catch. Catch was kind of just like its own thing. Dracaris was there. Red Alliance was there. Triple A was there. A bunch of groups were in catch. 
Horde and Fraternity in particular have pivoted towards catch and have been messing around and catch. What are they doing, Brisk? Well, guess what? They seem to think that the Imperium is the same as B2. Mm-hmm. Because what have they been doing? Well, let me show you the map. They have been toasting. Toasting nodes, brah. Just toasting Bro, some nodes. Just toasting, toasting some nodes, brah. Toasting no some deal. nodes. They have been toasting nodes all over random areas, taking space in catch. Most mm. of this area, no one gives a shit about. Particularly like all the stuff down here. No one cares about this. They dropped a keep star here in four F four R two. There's my little keep symbol. They have been refing our fort in HY tech over and over and over and over and over again. But then guess what they've been doing, Mark, when they uh when they ref it? Uh, not follow up on the ref, not following up on the ref. Holy mm. shit. Amazing. I mean, that's kind of, that's, that can get kind of frustrating. Can it? So welcome to fraternity and horde trying to do what they did to be two to the Imperium. Oh no, that's not good. They are, they are fully in hell dunk or blue balls mode. And the real problem for them, as I can see it, because I have seen, a lot of these fights ping for there was a big fight that was supposed to happen last Saturday while we were at the DC meet. It was over. It was the armor timer and HY tech again. And we we formed massively. They did not outform us and they left and they just ran off. NC doc docked up or didn't come. They stood down. And they have done this over and over and over again because, as McLeod notes, this is their move, weaponizing boredom. Yeah. But it only goes so far, and I think part of this is these guys had the benefit or tried to have the benefit of fighting a smaller group than they were and doing it in a time zone that they're not in. Well, we have reset all of the timers in catch to U.S. time zone which is nullifying their number advantage because we're defending. They have to come to us. And so far, they haven't been able to keep up when it comes to the form-ups. And not only that, we have noticed a ton of things happening in Horde space. Number one, they're not doing home defense like they used to. Arcadius and the guys are bringing 100-man fleets into their space whenever we feel like it, and we're not getting fights from them. Mm Mm-hmm where normally they would come chase us, and now they don't. And we are killing lots of ratting stuff. In addition, we're not seeing the kind of constant attacks on our space that we used to see all the time. We're not seeing the big groups. Oh, Muskie's not bringing a fleet of bombers into 1DQ anymore. We're not seeing those groups coming in. Now, yes, there are a handful of people that have managed to come in, and they do fun things like managed to kill a couple of freighters while they're warping around 1DQ without looking to see if there's a bubble on the grid, which guys don't do that, please. But in the end, it's it's not really having a huge impact, and it's weird. And I know Captain Pugwash says, I thought goons were invented weaponized boredom. We did, but we're new goons now. So what I think I'm seeing, what I think, uh, what I think we're really seeing is kind of a stalemate where Horde and these guys don't want to fight anymore. They don't want to fight. 
They want to wait. They're going to try to wait us out. They're going to bore us into that one time we don't do the massive form, and then they'll take the fight, and then they'll shoot the, the Fortis RNHY tech. Like that even fucking matters because it's catch. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So this is unfortunately the state of NullSec PVP in 2024. A bunch of skirmishing over shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. And the use of weaponized boredom to see which fleet can form more often until they stop forming. You know, you would think with a group that has a lot of money and a lot of players, at some point, the players are going to get sick of no one ever taking a fight. So that's kind of, I was going to say, I have known groups who use this same kind of, uh, I won't call it strategy, but the same kind of, you know, MO as their their primary means of doing business. And I, I always wonder about the people who fly in those groups because the boredom strat goes both ways, right? It is fine if you just want to bore out your opponent indefinitely. But you're, it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot when you do that. You're doing your, you know, it's area of effect damage and you're in the area, right? You're also boring your own guys to death. I, you know, it's, I, if, if they can find ways to make their guys, you know, if that, that kind of thing appealing to them, then, you know, by all means. But I feel like that kind of thing would just make me want to die, honestly. Right. Yeah. I watch this. So should the response not be blow up to keep the force to fight? This is the standard line that we always hear. You're on defense. So why aren't you on offense instead? Why would we blow the keep up? What's the point? They'll just drop another one. The same. I mean, that's the thing. Like we're not, this is not, this is not space that is essential for fun. Well, I mean, yeah, we do lots of stuff for fun, but at some point when you're talking about people losing a lot of money, a lot of, of, of assets in the game, it needs to be for something, you know? Agreed. We highly resolve that these valiant dead shall not have died in vain. We can't, we can't just like, we don't want to waste people's money and time. Well, and more than that, like what's the, if, if, if you're playing a video game so that you can like the point of the, like the, the, (laughs) if you're playing a video game, game, you just respawn where the goal is to, to, bore out the next like the other people playing the same game what are you doing right honestly what are you doing right. like it's a space it's a spaceship game where you undock and you fight and you do the thing right and i i know it's a lot of different ways to play the game i get it i'm there with you i understand but i like that would i would be like looking for bridges to jump off honestly if it got down to the right. point where i was like well okay i guess this is just the way we play the game now I would, I would drive right. me fucking crazy, dude. And just for for the record, Rampage Incorporated gave away three supers last night and fifteen billion s because I didn't win any of them. They have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun on on Rampage. Anyway, so back to the, back to this whole catch thing. What is going to happen in catch? I don't know. I, I'm hoping that this turns into some kind of content, but it's not going to be content if again, folks are afraid to take a fight and lose it, particularly on the offensive side. Defenders. We got to defend every single time. The, the 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 attackers, the offensive guys, they can get away with one or two wins. And the result is they should be taking more of these fights that they're not taking. And I don't understand why they aren't, other than the fact that this is some kind of a strategy specifically to bore us into them being able to take the space without a fight, which I don't understand because what's the point of that? Now, what is the Imperium doing? Why are we not on the offensive? Well, I mean, I think it's obvious 
it, I think it was clear from last year, from the B2 war through this year, that we have to catch up to PanFam. They had a pretty significant advantage uh, in terms of the mid-level capitals to us. Nobody's using Supers and Titans anymore. We spent years getting into Supers and Titans, making that a big deal, yeah. and they're not being used anymore. So what do we got to do now? Well, we need to build up our dread caches, build up our carrier caches, but mainly the dread caches. And I think that's what a lot of folks have been doing. So the result is the next time we can get in one of these big dread fights, we can actually trade well instead of getting our asses kicked like we did the yeah. last time and having to replace all of those ships that we lost the last time. So when it comes down to it, it makes sense that why we're on the defensive and what we're trying to do, but I still have not figured out what the point of this catch thing is. Now I'm not complaining. I would love it. And I know, Maybe people, this is me speaking personally, not me speaking on behalf of anybody else, even though I don't speak on behalf of anybody else. I'm just a talk show host, people. Mm. I would love it if Catch All went bad again so that Saturday Night's Forum and Karma Fleet, we could go back to doing what we love to do, which is camping head GP every night. We liked that. That was fun. That was our thing. And I, I think. The two systems I have more kills in are GE TAC and Head GP because we used to go mess with Brave every week when they lived here. I love it when Catch, I love it when Catch is in the hands of the bad guys because that's that's fun. These are easy place to get to and it's a lot of fun. But mm -hmm. it is what it is. Now I want we're running out of time. There was a whole I had a whole segment talking about some the stuff going on in Turner. Yeah. Between Deepwater Hooligans and Volta that happened about a week and a half ago. Oh, I guess we'll have oh to do that next week on the show. Yeah. I will tell you, it's it's funny, <laughs> again, how people saying stupid shit in local can turn into a big deal. Yeah. Even though it, there's a lot to, to this whole scenario that we can talk about next week. Um, I had a good conversation with Starfleet Commander talking about it, and there were some Reddit posts and some things like that that I think we could talk about. But... There is stuff going on, obviously, in, in NullSec outside of Ketch. There's also been, obviously, there's the Deepwater Hooligans Volta thing. There's been a ton of stuff. Minmatar Fleet, Fleet. Yeah. It's messing with Providence. Yeah. Faction Warfare that, guys pulling out of, they're pulling on the warpath, out of man. Faction Warfare space to mess with folks in NullSec. I dig it. I appreciate my, it. My, my homie Bear that cares uh, runs Minmatar Fleet. He's a big baller. He's got strong wormhole energy. He was a wormholer once, uh, and and remains wormholer in spirit. Uh, and yeah, they're they're uh, clapping asses out there, man. It's fun stuff. So we're starting to see a lot of pickup stuff. And then again, obviously, there's the faction warfare stuff, all the havoc stuff that that I don't know anything about that we probably should talk to you guys about. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. But in the meantime, things are starting to heat up a little bit. Maybe 2024 will not be as boring as we were all expecting it might be. It is a little, it is encouraging, right? Too that because the game always feels like it kind of slows down over the holiday and yep. into the new year and then it takes a little bit of time to get going again. But I mean, we're sitting here now at almost five o'clock Eastern time. There's still 30,000 people playing the stupid game on a Saturday afternoon. We it's like pretty it. good. It's not bad. It's pretty consistent. Can't feel it's bad it. about that. Can't, can't complain as long as the numbers are staying up. We like it. And we do. We're seeing things and different things moving and different things changing, and that's never a bad thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Meta Show for 
January the 20th, 2024. I am Brisker Ball. Join alongside Mark Resurrectus, the Wormhole King himself. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week, and you stay classy. New Eat.